Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Coach, I'm doing lovely here in Atlanta, Georgia. A little cool this morning, but it's all good, man. <laughs> man, maybe we got your weather. It's beautiful up here. It's 42 degrees, Coach. It's 1030. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? Holy cow. Man, it was chilly this morning, but uh, I'm trying to think because uh, we just got off the practice field and you know, we come in early and then we get out there and some of the guys overdressed. It's uh, 63. Hey, yeah, it's chilly down here. Coach, I had frost on my window this morning on my grass. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, no, I hear hey, you. I, 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 coach, I don't hide it. I'm not good with cold weather or snow, man. I'm terrible. <laughs> well, you're, you're getting our weather and I guess we're getting yours right now. So I'm, uh, I'm not complaining. Yes, sir. Coach, get to on the show, man. I want to talk to the team, man. Uh, I saw you do some great work up there, man. I want to make sure I get you on the show. I saw you got a big win, a shutout. So I want to make sure I got connected with you, Coach. For, I, I really love the work you do, man. Well, I appreciate that. You know, we're excited about uh, the season so far. And, you know, obviously we've got a lot left and got a big one this week. But uh, we were able to go down to Elon this past weekend and, respond from, you know, what we did and the result we got the week before. So our guys did a good job focusing up, and it was exciting. All three phases of the game, uh, you know, came together, and we, uh, you know, played pretty consistently this past weekend against D-Line. Coach, you have uh, two shutouts in three weeks, man. You know, tell me about that one on the road, one at home, man. Defense is playing really well for you guys, so – Playing a complete game, like I said, all three phases of the game, man, that make you feel, feel really good in your defense, really shutting people down, two turnovers again this past weekend. Tell me about that, Coach. Yeah, no, that was exciting to see. Whenever you can, you know, finish the game and there's a zero on the board for the opposing team, that's always exciting. Uh, you know, our, our sports informa information director, Dean Kennefick, shared with me that that's only the second time in school history that we've had two shutouts in the same season, and it's the first time in school history that we've had two conference shutouts in the same season. So that's pretty special. And uh, our defense is playing well. Ola Adams, our D coordinator, doing a great job along with all the other guys on that side of the staff. And then, uh, you know, the players. The players are the ones that go out there and get the job done. And we have a lot of experience returning from our team on, uh, you know, from 19. And we didn't have a, a season, just a, a revitted spring season in 20. We have a lot of guys back, so we have a lot of maturity at all three levels, D-line, linebacker, and the safety position, you know, the defensive back position. So 
they're playing well. They play good assignment football. They run the ball. We're pretty athletic. Uh, we've been pretty opportunistic in the turnover area. You know, we won the turnover battle two to zero this past weekend. And, you know, our, our guys are doing a really good job uh, on the defensive side. They gang tackle. They they intercept the ball when they have the opportunity to do so. we got some pretty good DBs back there with some good ball skills. And it all starts up front. Anyone will tell you that on both sides of the ball. Our D-line do a great job occupying the offensive linemen so our linebackers can go and make tackles. Our top three tacklers on our team are the three linebackers that are in the game. And that's what you want. You don't want your DBs leading, you know, uh, team in tackles because that means they're getting to the third level. Your D linemen are never going to lead the team in tackles, you know, put some pressure on a quarterback and get some sacks and things of that nature. But our guys up front do a great job so our linebackers can run and make the plays. And you got a nice quarterback in Daniel Smith. Tell me about that that young man. You know, he can get you on, on the ground or in the air, man. Tell me about what he's meant to your team this year, man. Yeah, Dan's really good. He came to us in 19. That was his first year. He was a, he graduated from Campbell University in three years. And he set records at Campbell as a quarterback for running the ball uh, from the quarterback position and also throwing the ball in the in the three years he was there. And he transferred. He came, So he came to us as a grad transfer. And he had a really good season in 2019, took us to the playoffs. And then, uh, you know, and now because of, you know, COVID, we had an opportunity to get him back for another year. So he was like having a coach out there. He, he knows where he's going with the ball. He reads the defenses pre and post snap really well. He gets the ball out quick. And as you stated, he can hurt you with his feet, you know, so if there is some pressure or if we do have some occasional designed runs for him, he can, uh, you know, he can carry the rock as well. So uh, he, if you look at this past weekend's game versus Elon 35, nothing, he accounted really for, he had a hand in all, all five uh, touchdowns. You know, he had three passing touchdowns and then obviously the two short running touchdowns that he had. So uh, he's, like I said, just great to have him back for another year and, and great to, you know, have him working with our system and our coordinator, Coach Bowden, just to have the opportunity to get him for that extra season is special. And you kind of mentioned it, Coach, that Cobra year, giving your team to kind of get older again and what an extra to get older, being your system another year, learn about this, even get stronger, learn mentally, get better at football. How does it really help a program like yours have these guys in the end for one more year, even your younger guys too, have them in for one more year to really be, really be old when it counts in the playoffs time? Yeah, well, I'll give you an example of what our roster looks like. We have 11 guys on our team that are in their sixth year of college. Uh, so we've never had six-year guys before, and we got 11 of them right now, guys that graduated two springs ago and are now, like, Dan Smith is getting his MBA. A lot of guys are getting graduate degrees because they've been here for that extra time. And then we have, you know, Forrest Ryan, our great linebacker, and Malik Fisher, and Amin Black, and some of the other guys that would not have had a fifth year had we not had COVID because they didn't redshirt. They played as freshmen. So we were able to bring them back. So we have about six or seven guys that wouldn't have been on this 2021 roster had COVID not happened either. So there's a whole gut. So we have four-year seniors, five-year seniors, and six-year seniors, you know. And then, as you mentioned, for the young guys, what we were able to do in the spring, even though we only had four games because uh, our two – we had six games scheduled, but two of them were canceled by the opposing team on us due to, you know, COVID restrictions and so on. So we only got four games in, but we were able to play some of our true freshmen. You know, instead of having 15 days of practice like you normally do in the spring and have a couple inner squad scrimmages to go live against each other, we had four real games. And, you know, I think we ended up with 40, 42 total practices in the spring because we we're in season, so to speak. So, you know, to give an example of that, we have a uh, redshirt freshman tackle 
Temi Ajiratutu that was forced to start last week. Well, if he was a regular freshman or a regular redshirt freshman, he would have had the amount of work that he had, but he played in those games in the spring. So he was more prepared for when his number was called. Our starting left tackle, one of our six-year guys went down two weeks ago. So Temi had to be ready to go. And I think the spring really helped his development from that perspective as well. So obviously great to have the older guys for a year longer because they're bigger, stronger, more mature, all those things. But it also helped, as you stated, the younger guys of what we're able to do in the spring and the amount of work they were going, they were allowed to get to prepare them for this fall. And coach, well, also this transfer portal thing to me, coach, we help you out a lot, coach, because I feel like this man, you have a great program at Villanova. It's a, it's a brand name in FCS football. So guys want opportunity to play it maybe FBS didn't get to maybe didn't work out for it come to play for you as well. Guys who want up enough to opportunity come play for you as well, who kind of play up to that level. So how's it that portal working for your team and your staff recruiting wise going forward, man? We um look at it, we use it as a resource. You know, we're not gonna bury our head in the sand and not get involved with the transfer portal. I think it's just the way things are evolving right now in the recruiting world. So I think you have to stay current with the current trends and so on. Um, we've never really been a big transfer team, but we do have some guys that have been, I mean, Dan Smith is one I just mentioned to you. Uh, Cole Bunce, our place kicker, came from TCU. We're really excited to have Cole. He's uh, the second leading uh, place kicker in the league right now behind Ethan Racky down there at JMU. Um, you know, we have Denzel Williams, he's a starting corner. One of our, our one of our other starting corners put his name in the portal because he graduated last spring and now he's at Iowa State. So we have Denzel Williams who came to us, uh, you know, two seasons ago and uh, he came over from Sacred Heart. And then Mike Ruane graduated from UMass and he's a, a linebacker for us. So, you know, we're going to utilize it and we're going to, you know, look at it as a resource. We're not going to live in there. We're not going to, you know, take all our, recruiting classes from the portal needless to say um but it's something that we'll take a look at and we'll utilize and you know we'll uh see if the need fits and if the person fits and all those things you know there's a lot of layers to it when you're trying to get an evaluation on a young man whether he's coming out of high school or coming from another university so um but it's something that we will look at and we'll be active with but like i said you know it'll it'll be a need situation and if we think there's a person there, a lot of times it might be someone that we knew coming out of high school that maybe went in a different direction and then, you know, maybe looking to bounce back or something like that. So um, it's helped us, needless to say. And, and I think it'll be something. And to be honest with you, talking with some folks in uh, some of the FBS programs and, you know, talking with some of the scouts that travel through here, looking at a couple of our players for maybe an opportunity at the next level. Um, right now, there's a lot of programs in the country that because the NCAA allowed you to exceed your scholarship limitations and exceed your roster limitations, but by next year, you have to be back to the allowable number of 85 and 110 on the roster for preseason. There's going to be some more moving parts, I think, because they're going to have some of these FBS guys have an overabundance. They're beyond 85. So where are these guys going to go? So uh, I think the people that are going to suffer the most, to be honest with you, are the high school seniors. Most definitely. There's going to be more people taking guys from other universities and colleges, whether they're going up, down, or lateral now. Um, so the high school seniors are going to have a harder time. They're going to, they're going to have uh, their opportunities, I think, are going to even become more selective and more limited moving forward, at least for the next couple of years. 
Most definitely, Coach. And I'm a, I tell you what, man, I know down here in Georgia, so many guys down here want to play midtown football. So hopefully guys in here and down here will come up there, play for you in Villanova, because I know you got a young man on your lineman on your roster from down here as well. So tell me about recruiting down here in Georgia, trying to find guys on a national base, Coach, because I said, but that was a national brand. Basketball with Jay Wright is a, put it on the map. And the Nova case, right. so the Eagles practice at Nova Kitchen. So the name Nova is out there for people to know about it. And it's, hey, it's easy to fly from Atlanta to Philadelphia as well. Right. Well, we use that in recruiting, uh, you know, because some of our opponents, when we're going head to head, maybe in a recruiting battle with a young man, they 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 always throw out at throw out there at them. Why would you want to go to a basketball school? Why don't you want to come to you know our school? We're more of a football school. And and what I tell them is that V, as you mentioned, is known nationally. So it's a brand that's going to help you whenever your career is over, whatever sport you're playing, you know, it's going to help you network and get that career and that job when your athletic career is over. So we use it as a positive. You know, we play pretty good football up here. We're in a pretty good league in the CAA. And, uh, you know, so we feel that we can go almost anywhere in the country. Now, you don't have the manpower to cover the whole country, you know, as far as putting a coach in the area and your feet on the ground and, you know, going from school to school. But we have uh, tested the market in Atlanta, and we do have a couple players from Atlanta. And as you mentioned, it's a pretty easy flight, you know, so if you, you can take a two-hour plane ride as opposed to a six-hour drive if you're going somewhere else. Um, and it's pretty easy and convenient to get to. But, um, you know, we have a guy, we have a couple guys. We have a guy from Alpharetta. We have a guy from Marist. We have a guy from uh, Douglas County. You know, so we have some players down there. So we do actively recruit the Atlanta area now over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, but like you said, you know, the Villanova brand, whether it be, you know, seeing Villanova basketball on national television 20 some times a year or maybe even more because they go to the national championship and win a couple along the way, uh, that helps us. That helps us because when we walk into a school or walk into a young man's home and have an opportunity to talk with his family, they've heard of Villanova before. You know, we don't have to spend the first half hour explaining who we are, where we are and what we are. You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a, a help to us in recruiting, um, you know, so that's how we spin it. That's how we roll with it. And like I said, we go to Florida a little bit. We go to, uh, you know, Atlanta and we're now in the Dallas area down in Texas. We have about five players coming up from Texas that are on our roster as well, as well as, you know, trying to do our best in our local area of the Northeast Corridor in the Mid-Atlantic region. Coach, don't feel bad. I'll tell you this, Coach. You've been in Villanova long enough. I've been alive, man. <laughs> so, 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 so tell me about that. You've been 35 years, man. You've been alone. I've been alive, man. So tell me about being in one place that long, man, and how special it is to be the head coach now after being there for so, so many years, man. Well, it, it's been it's been a blessing, really, and it's been awesome. And you know, um, as far as you know, how I started really getting into the whole thing, Coach Andy Talley, who was the head coach here from 1984 till 2016, so he did 33 years in the position. Uh, I played for him in a small Division three school in upstate New York, St. Lawrence University. So uh, I started coaching right when I graduated with Coach Talley at St. Lawrence. Then I went to Wagner College on Staten Island. Then I went to Lafayette College for a couple of years uh, up there in. Eastern Pennsylvania. And, and then Coach Talley, when he came down here in 84, in 1987, he had an opening on his staff. So he reached out since I've known him for so long and he's helped mentor me through the process coming up. Um, asked me if I, you know, I wanted to rejoin his staff. So I came here in 1987. So the first four to five years, it was one year here, one year there, two years there. So I was doing the typical coach thing, right? Making moves and not staying anywhere too long. And then I got here and, uh, it, it just worked, you know, uh, the first 10 years I was here, the first 10 seasons I was here, 
the whole staff stayed the same. So no one left. You know, we came here, but the majority of us, when we got here, our coaches, staff at the time, were like in our mid-20s, you know. And then, you know, 10 years later, we're in our mid-30s. We're starting to have families. So some guys, you know, you always get to the crossroads, right? You don't know what year it's going to be, but a, another opportunity may present itself. And some guys, you know, took the turn. They, some guys went and went off to be Division three head coaches. Some guys went off to be Division one, you know, FBS assistant coaches elsewhere and so on. A couple of our guys went and did some professional stuff, you know. And every time I got to that intersection, I just I just stayed with Villanova, you know, and, and it just worked out. And, you know, fortunately enough, Coach Talley, uh, you know, when he was – it was time for him to retire, uh, I was in position to, you know, be able to take over. So this is – my fifth season, technically my fifth season. We didn't really have that fourth season of 2020. So, uh, but this is my fifth season as the head coach. But like you said, 35 years and uh, it's just been great. My wife and I talk about it all the time. Each year, you know, prior to recently, each year it's like, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year, you know, but it just kept rolling and we just kept, you know, staying the course and then things were just working well here. Um, love the school, love the program, love the community, love the ability to go out and recruit for a great program. Recruiting isn't real hard, to be honest with you, to get young families, young men and their families interested in attending here. And, and then, you know, I have one son, my son, Jim, and he uh, ended up going here. So that kind of locked us in for four years. Once I got that free tuition for my son, we yeah. weren't going anywhere until he graduated, you know? So, uh, I hear that. that that was a nice little perk to have that opportunity to give him and, you know, and it's just worked out. And now I'm just thankful and blessed to be able to, you know, be the head coach after all those years. And tell me about how you love your players, man. Cause I, I saw interviews about you and how you interact with your players. How I just talk about how you're a real guy. You really love them for real. You're a straight up guy. You tell them the truth. You don't lie to them. Tell me about relationship with your players and being like there, almost being your sons as well, because they play for you, you for else five, four, five, six years, you're their dad on campus. Then after football, you're there at the weddings, when they get new jobs, have children. Tell me about that part of the, of the coaching business that you love about being with the players and showing them that you really care about them and who they are as young men as well, beyond being football players for you. Well, to be honest, that's – um. Oop, I blanked out there for a minute. Sorry about that. That's – um. Why I do what I do, to be honest with you, it's because the relationships you're able to have with the young athletes that you coach from year to year. And, um, you know, I, I think that's what coaching is. Coaching is motivated, co motivating coaches, is, coaching is teaching, coaches in, in recruiting is building relationships. And, you know, part of being the head coach, uh, one of the things I miss the most is some of those more interpersonal relationships you have with your positional guys when it's just you and them in your position meeting room. You know, some of the fondest memories I have, yes, there's some wins and losses that you have pretty vivid memories about and things of that nature, but it's really about the relationships that you build with guys. Like you said, you see someone go on and be so successful, you know, in their careers and with their families, some that get to the next level, some that go out and be great professionals. But the bottom line is, is we're hoping we're grooming them to be, you know, great husbands, great fathers, great people in their communities. And um, that's why I do what I do. And that's what I try to do. I try to have relationships. It's harder as the head coach, because it's hard to get around to all 90 as opposed to, you know, when I was coaching the offensive line, I only had 15 dudes in my room that I was with all the time, you know. So, but um, that, that's why I got into coaching in the first place, really, is to have the relationships and opportunities to interact 
with young men, 18 to 23 years old, you know, and, and, and be involved in the game that I love. So um, I never considered myself working. I never considered it being a job. You know, I don't, I don't look forward to Fridays and dread Mondays, you know, and live for the weekends. You know, I, I it's awesome. I just love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. And uh, it's all about the players. And that's kind of the approach I've always taken. You know, my father's a coach. He's 81 years old. He's, he's a coach. And I see guys that he'll hit on my dad about stuff. And he just loves it. He eats it up. At 81 years old, he eats it up. Like, you know, coach, I told radio. I said, Pops, I love sports, but you, you see, I'm too much of a firecracker to be a coach. <laughs> I might say the wrong thing. I'm too competitive, coach. I said the wrong thing. So, Radio-wise, I've been doing radio 11 years, man. So I compete the radio, getting the best guests I can, have good, get good chats. I can chat with you today, having good chats, man. So I love it. But I see my pops, the same thing, man. People text him all the time. Hey, Coach Mac, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And that's My dad loves it, 81 years old. He just gets a kick out of coaching ball at this his age still. Keep, keeps him fresh and going, if you ask me. Yeah, no doubt. Same with my father. My father is 84. Um, and he just retired from being a replay official two years ago at 82. So, you know, he's another big reason I think I end up doing what I'm doing because I saw him. My dad coached us, me and my brothers in Pop Warner and Little League. And then he coached my brother in high school. And I went to a different high school. So I played against my dad and my brother in high school, which was kind of weird around the dinner table. And then, um, and then as long as I can remember, he was a referee and a college official. He was an umpire on the field before he moved up to the replay booth, you know, after he got a little older. And like you said, man, it's the relationships you have when he sees – People that are, you know, in their 50s and 60s that he coached back in the day, they still call him coach. You know, that's how he referred to him, you know. And like I said, he was doing uh, college officiating and uh, from the field and then up until the re replay booth up until uh, two falls ago, right before COVID hit. He was uh, still traveling the country, working for the American Conference, traveling to, to SMU and Houston and all the places in the American Conference uh, in the replay booth. And, uh, you know, so... I saw how much he loved that. He had a regular nine to five. And like I said a second ago, he, he didn't love that part of his life, I don't think. He, he was a blue collar type worker and, you know, had to go out there and get his hands dirty and put in work. But then he loved the uh, competition on the field, you know, on the weekends. And, uh, you know, I just uh, appreciated that from him. And I think that's, again, kind of one of the main reasons I end up doing what I'm doing, because I saw how much he loved, you know, the football field and the football game from a coaching and then a refereeing perspective. Yeah, Coach, I remember being a, a little ball boy in the field, and people would say, hey, Coach Mag, is that your grandson? That's, that's my son, not my grandson. Because <laughs> even today, Coach, they'd be like, is that your grandson? That's my son. <laughs> right, right, right. Because he's 81, I'm in my 30s. He's like, is that your that's my son <laughs> so my whole life i'll be always going is that your granddad or is that your <laughs> my whole life but we laugh about it we laugh about it it's funny coach it's funny we together like that's your granddad that's your, that's my dad <laughs> well, exactly well man hey staying around young people and like i said you know when people ask me all the time you know um don't you think you need to change don't you and, and I talk to our young coaches a lot. They come in over the years, even before I became head coaches, you know, some of the young guys might have an opportunity to move on and so on. And I always tell them it's about building your network. It's about uh, who you know, not what you know sometimes. You know, get that network going, and that's when you're going to get the opportunities. And I'm a prime example of that. Coach Talley was responsible, really uh, helped me get all the jobs that I got. Because uh, when I went from St. Lawrence to Wagner and then Wagner to Lafayette, 
Coach Russo was the head coach at Lafayette at the time. Coach Hamline was the head coach at Wagner. And Coach Talley, obviously, was the head coach at St. Lawrence, then moving to Villanova. They all three were on the same staff at Brown University at one point. So it was who he knew that got me in the positions that I was able to get to, you know, along with, you know, I, I like to think I did a good job once I got those opportunities to continue to move on. But, um, you know, just being able to be around young people. And I, I tell the guys all the time, you don't have to change locations to create change. Most you know, as long as you stay active and current and, you know, in the know of what's going on and, and you have um, automatic change in your team. Now this year, not as much because we're able to bring so many people back, but every year you're going to have a graduating class and then another incoming class. So there's change that can happen from within. So um, I don't fully, I, I've always been, you know, the grass isn't always greener. On the other side, and you know, sometimes you see guys maybe chasing their tail a little bit. But bottom line is, is you know, be be where your feet are, man, and, and do the best job you can. And if you do it well enough, you might get opportunities for yourself. And there's been some opportunities, but you know, again, I've decided to you know stay where I was at the time when some of the other opportunities presented themselves, and different strokes for different folks. So uh, things have worked out well for me and my family. Coach, that's what for you, Coach. This man, we come to Atlanta, Coach. What do you love to eat when you're in town down here, man, recruiting a young man that's just in town in general? What is your favorite thing to eat here? What is it seafood? Is it wings, barbecue? What is it, man? Right, right, right. Well, you know what? I haven't been down there enough to really uh, get around and enjoy all of the specific cuisines that, you know, Atlanta might be known for. Um, I have gone to, where, what's that place? The Varsity? Yes, downtown, the Varsity, yes. Yeah, I've been over there uh, a while back, and we had some uh, – you know, conventions in Atlanta. But when I went down there, here's here's why I say what I'm saying. When I go down there and, and do a visit in recruiting, I usually go to the home and I usually don't stay over or the or we eat at their house. So, you know, I've been getting some good home cooked meals when I've come to Atlanta as opposed to, you know, staying in a hotel and trying to go figure out what I'm gonna have for dinner on my own. So, but now that I have your contact information, Next trip I make down there, before I get there, I'm going to hit you up and you can give me some suggestions. Yes, I guess you. Coach Ray's on the River, uh, Papa Do's, American Deli. I mean, I got places for you, Coach, for days, man. Copeland's, I got you. Wherever you want, Coach, okay. every cuisine you want to eat, I can tell okay. you about it here in Atlanta. <laughs> okay, well, you mentioned I'm always good with wings. I love barbecue. I would love to have the, the seafood that you mentioned, but I, I can't anymore. All of a sudden, at age like 55, I became allergic to shellfish. I don't know how the heck that happened. But, uh, you know, but other than that, yeah, man, I'll uh, I'll hit you up and you can give me some suggestions. No doubt, Coach. Hey, Coach, it's been so been fun to talk to you this morning. Hope we do it again with you real soon. Hope you win this week against Stony Brook, and I will talk to you and find you in the playoffs, man. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's good to meet you. And uh, I can tell you're passionate about what you do, too. So uh, keep going and keep rolling with it. Because, uh, like I said, with what you're doing, what I'm doing, I don't feel like I work a day in my life. It's fun. Never work. It's all fun, Coach. Every day is fun talking to guys like you, man. It's always fun for me, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks again for having me on. And uh, hopefully I can get down to Atlanta and maybe meet you in person someday. Yes, sir. I look forward to it. Okay, now. See you now. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.